Welcome everybody. Um, if you're watching the video, no, I have not turned into a machine. This is a harmonica brace because I'm about to play a little tune to lead us in. Um, so today's topic is memory. Um, do you remember why? I told you this like five minutes ago. Do you remember? Psych! I, that was a te telepathic communication. So perhaps, you know, you didn't uh, notice me whispering in your ear. Um, but yeah, so I have just been preparing for this topic by thinking <laughs> uh, it through. And uh, I considered, considered writing notes. Let's move this brace out of my way. Considered writing notes. And then I thought, in line with the whole topic, um, I'm going to do it mentally, right? So I've just been sitting here for like 15 minutes or something. I have no idea how long in silence, just running through my mind of the, the aspects of what I want to talk about. And I'm going to see if I can do it without forgetting. Now, the, this is kind of one of the main points I want to make is that we have a lot of technology, whether it be a pen and paper or your smartphone or whatever, to automate stuff for us and puts it into an unconscious level. But I think by activating, consciously activating your memory and using your, you know, God-given ability to remember things, it actually pushes you into a deeper state of engagement with life. And it's very satisfying, I find. So it was fun for me just now to go, okay, so the seven things I want to talk about, seven aspects of memory, personal past, personal future, um, cognitive expansion, memory as play, historical memory, political memory, and spiritual memory. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and it, within each of them, I've got like, okay, there, there's like two things to mention here. And then one of those has three little branches to mention. Okay. Then the next thing, okay, that has one, just one main point. Next one, oh, oh there's three main points. Each of those has two points. One of those has branches off into two or whatever, you know, like these little trees of like what's going on. And in a conversation, in a great conversation, it will be like that where you go down this branch, but you see that there's a fork over there. And you might say, hey, let's double back to something before. And so it's kind of like this network of ideas. And you are, through memory, we're able to remember and have these maps and navigate back to a previous tangent um, and kind of go explore it and maybe find how it links to this other thing. So, um, yeah. And so, but I think memory... It's like very fascinating. It's like I had this phrase that just entered my head before, like memory is a state of integration with nature. The idea that memory as a phenomenon, like an uncountable noun, memory is kind of like the persistence of memory. Is that the Salvador Dali one, the melting clocks? That memory is sort of a... Um, uh, how how much of the universe you are keeping in mind at any given time. And so it's kind of like how much of the universe is your consciousness playing in or expanding in or occupying. So um, that's all very fascinating. Now, uh, first of all, a bit of music, as I like to do to kick things off. I'm going to play Visions of uh, uh, Johanna um, or... Maybe visions of Johanna, uh, and it's uh, however you prefer to pronounce it. You know, both are very beautiful names. I find, 
Um, and uh, it's a Bob Dylan song. I just saw Bob Dylan in concert last night. That was amazing. Um, 80 something and kicking, rocking it. Amazing. And, um, you know, he's famous for just having count like thousands of lines of poetry, basically, um, in his head. You can just reel off at will. Um, and uh, as also something, the Irish, I'm sure many cultures, but an Irish thing like this sacred poetry that there are these Shanachie or historians or the Philly, uh, Philly, yeah, the poets, where they would be able to recite thousands of lines of po poetry and stories off the top of their head. And so it takes training to do that. And I'm going to talk about a bit of like to, uh, today, like, you know, on a simple level, ways to start doing some of these things um, that, you know, I'm a novice, I'm a little uh, eager student, but, um, but yeah. Uh, and I mentioned it a bit in my episode about poetry, but, um, but yeah, that, uh, so I'm going to wish me luck. I want to see how much of this song I can remember. Um, there's like a bunch of verses. Uh, I got quite a few of them. I haven't gone and re-memorized this just now, but this is from whenever, you know, listening to it countless times. Um, so we'll see how we go. I might mix some together. If you don't want to hear a song, well, I think you're a little, a little bit unhinged, but that's okay. I, I dig it. Um, you could skip slightly ahead by a few minutes or something, because there's going to be at least a few minutes. So let's, let's hear, uh, some beautiful music, um, and commune with the gods of memory, Mercury. Trying to be so quiet And we sit here stranded Though we're all doing our best to tonight And Louise holds a handful of rain Tempting you to defy Lights flicker from the opposite loft And this room the heat pipes just cough And the country main music station plays soft But there's nothing really nothing to turn off Oh just Louise And a lover so and these visions are your Hannah They conquer my mind And in the empty loft where the ladies play Blind man's bluff with the keychain 
and the all-night girls. They whisper of escapades out on the D train. Immensely satisfying to remember. You can hear the night watchman click his flashlight, ask himself if it's him or them who's really insane. Oh, they sure got a lot of gall. Don't think that's it. To be so useless and all. Muttering small talk at the wall while I'm in the hall. Electricity howling the bones of a face And these visions are your Hannah Eat her face Inside the museums Infinity goes up on trial And then uh, the something something Says this is what liberation must be like after a while uh, But Mona Lisa must have had the highway Tell that by the way she smiles See this primitive wildflower freeze In the room where the jelly-faced women all sneeze Hear the one with the mustache say Jeez, I can't find my knees well, How can I explain it's so hard to get on But these visions are Johanna Keep me up past the dawn That'll do. So, um, it's 3.20, so I guess we're at an hour ahead of schedule. Um, so, uh, let's raise this to get myself in the screen. In the screen, in the dream. So, uh, that, that was fun, you know, like I'm, this, it's the, there's the muscle memory of the guitar, which is very fun, right? I'm, I'm able to improvise a bit, but there's enough of a structure where the, I've played that song countless times, it's all, a lot of it's automatic, it's muscle memory, uh, integrated into my body's memory, you know? But then, uh, so that's fun. But then also like the lyrics and the meaning of these things, it's like a journey I can go on anytime I want. I can just pull that out and start playing. And so that's something that like memory, you know, you, you, it, that's not entertainment, you know? It's not, I'm not passive here. I'm an active participant, you know? So it's play. And, uh, so that's a fun little thing I really love. Like, and I think, you know, um, I'd highly encourage anyone who's interested to just start chipping away at music. And, you know, um, if you put in 
15 minutes every day, within six months, you'll be able to play guitar, you know? Um, you can play, you can start, you can get the, the simple, three simple chords, a few, you know, the three, uh, you could have an E minor, e, uh, A minor, those two, right? Pretty simple. You'll be able to, B minor, a bit trickier on the fingers, uh, and then like the, the G major, C major, D major, all those chords that you can play most songs with just those chords. And so you can be playing like all, all you could be playing that song I was just playing, you know? Um, so that was just a D major shape, um, A major shape and G major shape, you know? So there you go, you know, why not? Like, uh, and maybe you do already all hail fellow, um, devotees of the muse so all right so let's get into it and i want to try and um talk about this and uh in general i think i mentioned in the quality is quantity episode recently working on my concision so so i'll uh gonna keep this kind of um uh less is more you know and just give you some points which i think are really interesting about like memory and uh not just interesting, but like practical. I think if you like, hmm, like roll it over in your mind a little bit, um, it'll probably, I don't know, might make you happier. Because uh, I think it's something I try to remember, right? But I think all, all of this is very good for us to think about. So, um, and if you're curious, send me a, put a message somewhere, you know, YouTube, uh, social media, Rendezvous with Jamie McGlue. And I'll get back to you for sure. So, Personal history and memory. So, I think uh, knowing where we have been and what we've done, like there's parts of, you know, when I'm 23, what did I do when I was 23? A bunch of that, I'm like, yeah, great question. I don't even know. Like, so I think cultivating memory and being able, just knowing what you did is is a great idea. Like it's it's nice to know where we've been and who we are, you know, I guess who we are isn't determined by the past, but, um, but being able to kind of have access to our pre the previous chapters in our story, you know, not to have the first few chapters being burnt after, you know, burn after reading. Um, and, uh, so, and just also knowing like, not just what happened, but how, how were we feeling in those times? Um, what was my dream? What was, what was me? What was my feeling? What was my vibration or my personal atmosphere that no one else has access to? You know, like, uh, remember, um, taking some plant medicine, at, uh, when I was 20 years old and, uh, kind of having this like, Oh, whoa. Uh, um, basically kind of, felt like I was remembering a younger self, me when I was maybe 12 years old or so. And it felt like there was this self which I had lost touch with and I was reconnecting. And it was really, it was kind of like I saw myself, I was like, I like myself, I'm cool. But there was this social mask that I was wearing, you know, of like always positive and, you know, there's a certain element of role playing involved, which was unconscious. And um, so, and it kind of seemed like, I was remembering me before I started to wear masks, before I started to be a teenager and try to build your own, you know, self. And so you start playing these roles and then maybe the role starts playing you, you know, it's like the mask, you can't take it off. Um, 
And so, or maybe you can change mask, but have it taking off our mask, removing any mask, going back to that openness, a lack of projection, you know, I think that's something which we're all working on. Um, and that would be basically enough. If you take that to its logical conclusion, it's enlightenment, spiritual memory. That's, what, that's the seventh point. Top of the mountain. That's what we want to talk about today. Um, so that's something I've been doing more recently, just uh, enjoying going just again to remember. Um, I remember recently also um, I had an experience where I was uh, kind of just letting all the walls down, letting the masks drop and just being like, I want to be who I really am. And um, that's just a joy, you know? And so I don't need to project anything to anyone. Um, and, uh, but then now that's the memory, not just what happened, but how was I, how have I been in the past, which felt good and, and how have I been, which didn't feel good and what do I want, you know? So kind of bringing that in and incarnating it now consciously. So I want to be this, not that. Um, and how was I seeing, you know, how was I seeing things? Um, so knowing what happened to you. And of course, um, apparently the purpose of memory, like biologically speaking, it's not to just have a record of what happened. Like nature's like, yeah, sure, just so you, just for fun, you can know what happened. No, nature's ruthless, you know, resources are scarce, having enough glucose or, or you know, or whatever, enough um, energy to run your body, mostly would have been fat, I guess, evolutionarily. Um, you know, resources are scarce, so nature wasn't having any superfluous structures, which are like, we'll give them a brain twice as large, which they won't use, but they'll just have it for, you know, remembering stuff. And then they're all going to starve because it's harder to, they're going to starve twice at twice the rate because, you know, they've got this big, bigger brain. No, it's nature is very econ uh, economical um, and efficient. And so it seems that the, the purpose of memory at a baseline level of why it's here is to avoid mistakes in the future. And so um, uh, basically you, you're, you, when you have experiences um, that go well or experiences that don't go well, you're, you re we remember it in order to model the future. And so we can go, okay, how can I learn from that and do better? Or how can I, yeah, that was good. Keep doing that, you know? So, but, um, but you know, for us, it can be fun, you know, I think to just for our own story to know what we were doing. And like, I remember because I'm a twin, right? I think this is why I remember. I remember being a baby, being very, very young. Um, and I think what happened was me and my brother were always, we would talk to each other every now and then as we're growing up. Oh, remember this? Do you remember that? But I don't remember that. And then they'll be, you remember this, this, this? Oh, right. It's vaguely familiar, you know? And so maybe it's a memory of a memory, you know? And the much like, you know, the United States now is not the United States of 200 years ago. Um, but there's a thread c c of continuity or, um, you know, England, the royal family now is not the royal family of Anglo-Saxon times of Alfred the Great, but the t total different, genetically totally disconnected. But the institution has continued through conquest here and there or whatever, but the, the, this um, idea, there is a, a con continuity of energy there. So, but, so I remember, you know, being lying there in bed about to have my nappy changed uh, I think Mark was having his snappy change over in the other bed. I remember spilling apple juice in the living room. I remember lying, waiting to get my nappy change. And there's a bananas and pajamas video nearby, I think. Uh, and 
what else? Like some things from being really young. Or I remember finding out what a hammer was, you know, being like, uh, oh, this end takes out the nails and that puts them in. Cool. I remember having ice creams, which are like the, these multicolored pastel pink, pastel blue, I think pastel green and pastel yellow um, little, dry, you know, ice cream uh, cones, which you would put ice cream into. Um, oddly unsatisfying, yet very nostalgic. Now, um, Anyway... So that's cool. It's nice to be able to, you know, remember that gives you a kick, right? Now, future memory for like, oh, I remember going to the shops yesterday. I will remember to go to the shops. So we have future memory, right? Remember to verb. Remember verb ing would be the past. Um, uh, like uh, he remembered, he remembered to send the letter. He did what was on his list of to-dos. Uh, he remembered sending the letter, means, you're right, he had the, the memory. So the forward-facing aspect of memory, um, retaining information for future action um, rather than for understanding the past. Um, so obviously that's important, right, to like, you know, people who are like, oh, sorry. I mean, I do this too, so uh, that's the worst when I forget things, but forgetting someone's birthday or forgetting to, oh, I said I'll call you and then you forget to call or, you know, say you do something and you forget to do it. I hate that, you know, it really bugs me when I, I um, drop the ball like that. So that's something where I, I'm working on. I think I'm getting better for sure, but, you know, still a lot of work to do. But I think, I don't know, uh, how are you at that? Is that, you good at that? I hope so because that's like, people who can't be relied on to remember things. It's like, you know, it's the worst, right? So um, obviously memory is very important here. Now, okay, so this is all kind of obvious. So uh, one thing I will mention though, which you might not uh, have thought about is that, um, the th well, you might not know about is um, bullet journaling. So this is something I do to remember both what has happened and what I need to do. So. Here I have my magical book of remembering. You can see it if you're watching. Um, I have a, something beautiful which fills me with good vibes when I look at it. Here's my beloved pen. Okay. And, you know, basically you can look it up bullet journaling, bullet journal method, or bujo, B U J O. And uh, basically it's like you have a dot matrix. So the book basically is composed of. Uh, many little dots um, and then you can use them to like draw lines or um, it just gives a, a very basic structure but it's not just lined page you can it's more versatile anyway so you can look up the method but it's a very simple analog way it's billed as the, an analog solution for a digital world right but basically we've got swarmed with so much information in this age um, and our powers of memory uh, seem to be d worsening you know Mo a lot of people how many phone numbers do you know how many phone numbers could you learn in a week? Probably fewer than you could 10 years ago because we haven't been practicing this skill, right? So if you were told, oh, remember a bunch of numbers, I think I probably would have been better in the past like than now. Um, I had more practice, you know? I don't know. Um, but uh, but anyway, this book will help me with that. And um, it's nice just to know like everything's in one place, you know? I don't have a bunch of lists. I'm trying, oh, where's, I need to remember where my list of to-do things is. I'll write a new one, find to-do list, you know? Um, so it's all in one place and that's nice. So I have it like each month, what am I going to do? 
each day. What, what did I do? What am I going to do? Like a dot for something you're going to do, a circle for something you've done, exclamation mark for like an inspiration or epiphany kind of stuff. Um, and uh, you cross stuff off with an X when the task is done or cross a line through it if you don't need to do it anymore, that kind of thing. So it's um, really useful. And being like, you know, especially like even like official life admin stuff, like when did I do this? How long have you been in this apartment? Or the shit, ah, I, everything's written down. Just go find it, take out the book. So that's mean, you know, there's a place for um, outsourcing memory, I guess. Certain things, it's just pretty intense to be able to remember all of that. But, um, but I think doing it this way, uh, I like, I feel like journaling is important. It kind of, by stimulating your memory of what you're doing while you're writing it down, I think that helps you remember it more. But also then you can re-read it later and it will reawaken the memory in you. And it's coming from you. And you can do, this is just a shorthand journal thing, but you can, sometimes if I'm traveling, I'll, I'll use it to do longer journaling stuff. And that's really interesting, not just for later, for being like, oh, remembering what I was doing or how I was feeling, etc. But also like it changes your experience of the present when you're kind of thinking more about here I am in the middle of my story and you're writing about it, it kind of, it's like a mirror. It helps you see yourself more clearly in your position. Here I am in the airport. I'm sitting beside gate 222, you know, with my brother. I'm about to head off. Like in the moment, it's like, all oh, right, you know, you can feel your presence in the story more. So I think journaling is a great thing to do and um, for memory in general, but also I guess, yeah, just kind of <laughs> stimulating your memory of like, who and where you are almost the spiritual memory side of understanding who you are and what life is and what's really going on so that's cool um now so but that's personal past personal future memory moving on to some juicier things i feel um so i think so clearly having memory is a good thing it's a memory is a virtue maybe a very fundamental virtue and, you know, imagine if you couldn't, you know, if you're, you're drunk and you can't remember what you're talking about or you're stoned, you can't remember. Um, or people who, you know, like they've got dementia or they can't remember things. What a, what a burden, you know. Um, it, uh, it's a great gift to be able to remember things. Remembering people's names, remembering phone numbers, um, remembering uh, quotes you know, uh, remembering facts and, you know, this is a huge part of education is just memory. Um, and that gets a bad rap. Like I think we've got this pendulum has swung too far the other way because we think <clears throat> often the, the, an early stage of learning is you think something's true and then you think, oh, it's the opposite is true. And then the third stage is realizing they're both true or the truth is a combination of them that, that you know, there's some sort of overlap. Um, and that's kind of an integration of these things. And then, but not always, some things are just wrong. You know, it's just black and white, you know? Um, but then, uh, so I think it used to be, just remember all this information. Remember these dates. Remember the Latin grammar. Remember this, that. Oh, there's nothing else you need to learn. No, you don't need to learn to think for yourself. That's all, this is all you need to do. And then I think Western education, especially in the Anglosphere, seems like, it's moved towards this idea of you know ex expressing your creativity and you know um, self-esteem and like your self-image and uh, like critical think or oh, critical thinking. I don't think I really got taught, but um, but yeah, maybe uh, more of an influence, uh, a focus on 
I don't even know. I think at least <laughs> I never learned that in school. I learned that in, in university. It was the most useful thing I learned in university is critical thinking, like learning how to think, learning logic, basically, and what is valid ways of thinking and what is not valid. And there are methods of figuring. And you say, well, how do you know what's valid? That sounds like you know nonsense. Exactly. How do we know what's valid? Great question. How would we devise a system of knowing what is valid? How do we validate what is a, val a way of finding out what's valid? That's the fundamental question of philosophy, right? How do you know anything? Um, ultimately, it's knowing yourself, and then you can understand metaphysics via that. Um, but when we don't know ourselves, that's why it's know thyself, you know? Um, and that's a big problem. People don't know themselves. They can have, be very, very intelligent people, but if they're not aware of the spiritual dimension, they're like... They're just jumping to all the wrong conclusions, unfortunately. But, um, so, right, <laughs> education, oh, memory, where was I? Um, so, it's, you know, you can take that to, um, it's good to focus on, like, idea, you know, how to think um, and what are the right values, debates, how to have conversations, how to learn, how to give ground and how to, how to stand up for your ideas and press your ideas, make people put them clearly, communicate them, try to get people to understand you, try to persuade people. It's an important skill. And also, how to know when you should be persuaded and, and seed ground and not be attached to your ideas as if they're personal possessions or like they're part of you, God forbid. Um, and so if you're attacking my idea, you're attacking me. I must get defensive and have my reptile brain take over and start lying just to win the battle, um, you know, punching below the belt. N no, like uh, how to treat it like no. Uh, I'm just here to learn. The truth is all that, that matters. I'm, that's the only thing I'm attached to, the truth. That's my lifeboat, my life raft in the rivers of existence. Uh, so these are all important skills. And But education and, um, and doing that, that's the sort of muscle memory. You're doing it and you're building up these skills, but through practice, iterations of practice, you start to get better at it. You start to see bad paths, good paths, and you start to remember. You start to connect to the dots. That's very important. But I think in, it seems like in education at the moment, at least in the West, Anglosphere, from what I'm aware of, we've gone too far away from rote learning. There is a place for the other side of learning your times tables, learning spelling of words, learning grammar. How do you use a colon or a comma or a, da, a hyphen? Um, you know, uh, what does AED stand for anyway? What does, you know, PM stand for? Um, uh, how many... How many states are there in the USA? Um, uh, I don't know. How many countries are there in the world? What year did the Roman Empire fall? How far? How long ago was that? Um, and how long have we been writing? You know, these things are kind of maybe that's slightly re less relevant to an individual's life, but definitely some a minority of people need to have that clearly in their minds for a society to be balanced to know where we were. That gets to historical memory in order to navigate and not have everything fall apart. Like, you can say, I don't care about history. It doesn't matter to me. Okay, great. But it will matter to you if history doesn't matter to anyone. It needs to matter to some people so that they can guide the ship and avoid um, catastrophes which will prevent every people who history bores them. It's not going to be boring, unfortunately. It's going to get very interesting in a bad way if at least some people don't remember and focus upon cultivating memory and understanding of the of the path that we've been on. Um, so, um, 
mathematics, how to do, and um, a lot of these skills, they do the skills and knowledge, right? Knowledge, say, is um, information, awareness you have of facts, you could say. It's kind of a state thing. Um, but then uh, skills is uh, ac actions, right? Verbs, nouns and verbs, you know? Um, so uh, knowledge, knowing the times tables. Okay, here we go. Let's go times tables. Let's go seven. I like seven. So one times seven is seven. Two times seven is 14. Three times seven is 21. Duh, 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 duh. You go through. There's young kids who they don't know that yet. We think that's obvious. It's like you say to a kid, what's, you know, what's six times nine? Like, what do you mean what's six times nine? Well, you know. You oh, you don't know, right? This is the bait, the foundation upon which you can then go, oh, wait, you know, you're in the shop and you're trying to buy something and you're like, do I have enough money for this? Or is which the, um, this is expensive. I need to make, find out which way is more efficient um, or whatever. There's so many situations or, or six, it's six euro each to go to this thing. There's nine of us. How much money do I need to bring in my pocket? Will I pull out my mobile phone and let, you know, Skynet do it for me? Or is that weakening me every time I do that? And should I be um, trying to, um, trying to <laughs> uh, remember how to do the, the, the manual way myself? So uh, six times nine, right? We could say, you know, it's nine, 18, da, da, da. What is six times nine? So five times nine is 45. And then, so 50, uh, 54, right? Six times nine, 54. Um, or you could go nine times six the other way, right? Okay, so 60 minus six, uh, 54, right? But, and so that, there's these basic things you need to know before you can go on. Or how can you write a letter or an email to someone asking for some awesome job you really want or whatever it is if you haven't learned, you know, sentence structure and syntax, you know? So um, I, the job you're offering, really interested am. <laughs> Rejected, you know? Uh, I am really interested in the job you're offering. Okay, let me read on, you know? And then maybe you get your dream gets to happen. Also something I wanted to say before about future memory, not just knowing what you want to do, but also... What is your purpose going forward? Like, wh what's your dream? You know, remember your dream. And so remember the good times from the past so you can be enjoying yourself now, but also your destiny, your dream now, but also the dream unfolding in the future. Like, what do you want? And to bring that back into focus because I think it's easy to drift away from your passion and your purpose and your values, what's really important to you. So memory, that's this integration with nature, right? This integration with the fact of who am I? What do I like? What don't I like? Back to this education stuff though. So yeah, like, um, and so I think being able to do stuff in your head is very, so this is now we're talking about basically memory for cognitive expansion or consciousness expansion. And so I think um, it's great to, part of education must be memorizing times tables, memorizing grammar and the rules of, you know, spelling and all this stuff, punctuation and composition, like how to write a letter, how to write a, a paragraph, uh, paragraph, how to write an essay, um, you know, these different uh, types of writing, a report. Um, and even if you don't use them in your job, um, having that ability is good, right? And especially because we don't know what's going to happen down the line. Um, you know, you might need that for some job change of careers or something or some crazy situation where it might be really important to be able to have that ability. 
or maybe your child, you know, if you have that ability, when your child's growing up, you can help them get much better scores and they don't have some downward spiral of problems at school and they coast through school and then that allows them to become some amazing, live some amazing life and it's because they had that balance of they didn't have all this bullshit from some school problems at school because they had bad teachers or something. It might not be relevant to you, but you never know. It could be relevant for, say, your child's life or something. Um, but so there's all these basic skills I think we should know. Um, and it seems like that's dropping off literacy rates and, um, you know, just general basic skills of being able to do maths and writing and reading um, seems to be declining precipitously in um, the West, as far as I understand it. Um, J.K. Rowling did shout out to J.K., Joanne, um, got your books on my shelf, that uh, she did an amazing uh, job for getting people into books through Harry Potter, like just stories and just fun and making people want to do it. And so I definitely think education can be and must be joyful. And that's the real way to learn. It's the overlap of the Venn diagram of what's useful and what's joyful. And there is a way to present every useful thing in a way that will be um, enjoyable. So that's the way to do it. Um, because that way you th might think, well, but we're not here to play. We're here to be serious. Like, well, no, like we're trying to get the, the results. We're trying to, you know, get these kids to learn. So you've got to do it in a way that will keep their attention. Um, and yeah, it seems like attention spans are shrinking. You know, kids are on TikTok and all that um, and or adults and people can't, you know, they get bored quickly. They can barely talk to each other in a restaurant without glancing at the phone. I see it with myself where my hand goes to my pocket to pull out my phone and look up what's going on in the world. And, you know, oh, cause it's good. I'm building my consciousness of what's going on so I can be a good participant in history. Try to, you know, do my tiny part to, if we all do our tiny part to guide things in a more loving, kind, di conscious direction, we're going to avoid some catastrophes for sure. True. And there's some truth and importance to doing that. But also it's like, do you need to be on your phone all the time? Can't you just enjoy being still and in, in here in the moment. So this is also memory, remembering the balance. And how often have I been on my phone recently? Maybe too much, maybe not enough. You need to be able to remember, keep track. Um, what did you do yesterday, the day before? Like, what are you eating? What's the balance there? How much money are you spending? What's the balance? But back to uh, cognitive expansion through um, memory. So some things like, I would, and you can do it more and more, but like dream, um, dream journaling, being able to remember your dreams. People say, oh, I don't dream. You do dream. Everyone dreams. That's how the brain works. You think you're so special, you don't dream? Like, everyone dreams. Uh, the brain is processing information from who knows what's going on when we're dreaming. But at least part of it is your brain is processing information learnt from the stories of your real life um, through these narratives which allow you to understand subtle lessons. Um, so, oh, you, you crossed a train track in your dream. Maybe it means you're crossing a boundary from one era into the next, and maybe trains symbolize movement and progress even. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you're moving in a good direction. Things are changing for the better. That simple, if you, oh, here's your dream. Um, you need to learn this, 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 okay, memorize this list. No, but as a story, that could have that effect upon your psyche. So, that's happening. We're processing information or you're running, from, someone's got a knife and that you're running from them and then it's terrifying and then eventually at this recurring dream in one of them, you face them and this is you on deep level perhaps learning to face your problems and your fears and address them. Um, and so, and then maybe in your life you start um, reflecting that 
And so the dream served the purpose of trying to get a stubborn mind to kind of wake up and smell the sweet uh, perfume of truth um, and balance. So, yeah, um, dreams, yeah, and you, you, but you start dream journaling. So have a pen and um, like a book, ideally a beautiful journal. Where's mine? Over there on the shelf. Um, and uh, I have an old one here as well somewhere. But, um, and you have it there straight away. So when you wake up for that first minute when you're awake, if you actually check, check, try to do this, like just put the pen and paper next to your beds, at least so you remember what I'm talking about first thing in the morning. Before you go pee or whatever, you look at the book and go, oh yeah, dreams. What was I just dreaming about? In that first 60 seconds, you will be able to remember what you're dreaming. you were dreaming because it was just then. Uh, you may not remember your dream because we sleep, have like maybe five sleep cycles on average, I think, each night. And so you have a dream in each of them, at least one dream in each of those. Um, as far as I understand it, that's how it works. Uh, it's like waking state, go then into light sleep, into dream sleep, then into deep sleep, which is where it's like kind of physically very restorative. Your brain's flooded with cerebrospinal fluid and it gets rid of all these dead cells and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, anyway, so, but, and then you wake up and then you do it again. But, um, but your last dream, you'll be able to remember it. And so that's good. And then, so just jot down one word or one phrase. Oh, red door. Um, oh, scary spider. Okay. Anything else? Can't remember anything else. Okay, whatever, fine, good. You got the date, you know, um, November eighth, twenty twenty two. Red door, scary spider, and then you go on your way. Next morning, you wake up. Oh, um, and you'll be able to maybe remember a bit more. You go, oh, green, beautiful green hills, and um, I was in the village. Um, oh yeah, dragon, <laughs> whatever, right? And so it doesn't need to be like full sentences, but it might turn into that. It probably will after with a bit of every morning doing this, it gets more and more. You can remember more and more and it gets easier and easier. You're developing your ability for memory, that muscle in your brain or whatever, whether that's a figurative or literal muscle or both. I don't know, whatever. Um, but, and then uh, you can remember huge amounts of your dreams and it's very insightful about like, oh my God, yeah, that applies to my life in this way. And, and so that's making even more conscious. And so you're integrating these lessons um, and able to improve your life. Um, that's dream alchemy, it has been called, where you're kind of bringing what was subconscious up to, into the conscious, the t turning the lead into gold, bringing it the same substance into a higher state of value where it's actually having more of an influence benevolently upon your life. Um, and it's just it's so entertaining. Like I had a dream, I mentioned Bob Dylan before and I played a Bob Dylan song. Um, I, I, I had a dream and where um, I was uh, trying to get to heaven with Bob Dylan and uh, we're in this uh, village, kind of seaside town thing. And it was really cool. It kind of a bit like Temple Bar in Dublin, but a bit different, almost like a seaside town mixed with that. And it was kind of quite vertical. It was like kind of hilly, these really interesting, almost like, you know, Italian style built on one on top of the other houses and apartments. And then it was like this, oh, the hell, hell's breaking loose. Like, you know, the sky is screaming. Like, oh, it's the apocalypse. And we had to, we're trying to get to heaven. We're trying to find the way through some sort of, hotel lobby sort of thing. And there was like these symbols appeared in the air and who knows what was going on there. Um, but there's a song by Bob Dylan called trying to get to heaven before they close the door. 
And so, and it's kind of about that idea of spiritual aspiration and, or there's my interpretation of it, um, of like trying to refine oneself and enter a state of grace um, in order to enjoy the opportunities that come to us while they're here. Um, and that could be many opportunities, um, but including the final opportunity perhaps of upon death, having a skillful conscious death. But um, yeah, so uh, that was interesting, right? And then that's kind of it's just hilarious. Like, oh, that's really funny, like the way your brain works. So, um, okay, dreams. Uh, that would be cognitive expansion through uh, memory. Then also, um, yeah, mathematics, right? And this is a, a fun, this kind of borders into, I guess we could start, so there's a bunch of things. Like, I, I really want to work on my memory, like memorizing my loved one's birthdays because there's some of them I don't remember and so I want to know them and so when it comes up I don't have to wait for Facebook or someone to tell me when my friend's birthday oh uh, happy birthday Meta you know uh, Zuckerberg told me I, you know it's your birthday my friend <laughs> Ooh, you know um, and uh, learning languages right like um, so you need to learn the words for the language that's the basic thing learning the words and knowing how to say them and how to write them and um and so what do they mean you know and you can just mean learn the translations from your first language for me that'd be english but then over time you might start to figure out this it's not some things aren't directly translatable and you start to get the nuances and the connotations and stuff but you start off just learn the words keep saying the words basically and then you'll start to learn the grammar but more important than sounding natural is being able to communicate so there's fluency and accuracy so being able to communicate with people like I, uh, hospital need blood. And then they go, oh my God, you're bleeding. Let's get you to a hospital. Um, instead of, oh, wait, wait, what's the right grammar here? Uh, let me think about this. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. But then if you can say, instead of I job really want, say, um, I would really like a, a position in your company. Then being natural in that context definitely does. They're going to go, all right, you can fit in. You won't make my company look bad. I can let you in. Because um, even if I am more you know, accepting, um, a large minority of my customers won't be. And they will just in subconsciously go, mm, something wrong with this company. People don't speak properly. You know? What else are they doing not properly? There's no, you, know, they, you need attention to detail. So you can see that could make a difference sometimes. Anyway, so back down the tree of... Uh, tangents and uh uh digressions um so learning languages uh and that's really beautiful the thing i really love like learning uh, french and irish and little bits of other languages um i think you know it, it is useful you know like you can when you meet people when i meet there's some barista dude in this cafe i go to this french dude i was talking to him in french and you know for him it's probably cool like, oh cool someone speaks my language you know um really fun for me because I can kind of connect to that part of myself and to him and you know and just uh yeah it's just a fun thing to do with your day you know and um at least for me you know and so that's a great thing with memory is integrating the knowledge of the words and the um the pronunciation and um grammar and all that and then all the skill of saying them being able to connect it quickly while you're talking being able to listen to them and understand what they're saying that takes practice. It's like a, a skill, right? An action. But so that's all 
great thing for cognitive expansion. Um, and I think all this stuff, right? So you're like, um, I like to learn, I'm learning languages. Um, I do maths in my head, sometimes just for fun. It's what we're going to get to in a minute, like memory for, as play. But um, that like, uh, you know, being able to do maths like um, for like uh, practical purposes or um, knowing, what, uh, yeah, being able to craft uh, email as well things like so there's pr the practical side of memory and knowing how things go or um remembering oh this person previously said this so if i mention that that might make them have this reaction do i really want that reaction being able to have more skillful social or professional navigation of situations and stuff um so of course like memory everything's reinforcing like when i'm learning when i'm practicing irish um and how to say things uh it's not just improving my irish and my memory for irish it's also improving my general memory because this is if you zoom out what am i doing am i speaking irish or am i speaking or is my body humming with electrons and neutrons and protons it's all of these things it's these nested this nested hierarchy of, of things that's going on you know um more most fundamentally you have like well, consciousness, but then, you know, you've got like subatomic physics and atomic physics and then like, you know, organs functioning and then um, information being conveyed through my mind and through my words. And um, then, you know, me learning this other method of communicating for whatever reason I'm learning Irish. Um, so in a way, when I'm remembering the lyrics to a Bob Dylan song, I'm actually helping myself with everything else that requires memory, including remembering my friend's birthdays because you're strengthening that muscle. You're strengthening the part of your brain which is responsible for memory in general and then most particularly you're, you're strengthening, sure, like the muscle for Irish, but whatever, you know, I guess, I hope you see my point. So, um, I, my memory is telling me that water is delicious and feels good and helps my brain. Um, so, right. So that'd be a memory for cognitive expansion. Uh, and, and yeah, I think, um, people who, um, are bilingual, it seems like that it, it, there's some evidence that it improves your, um, academic scores, just people being bilingual, like in Ireland, people who learn Irish as well as English, um, on average, they have higher scores. So you know, is that just because they're generally more interested or their family's more interested in education? Um, I'm not sure, but it seems like it would make sense intuitively that you're developing your ability to learn and to deal with setbacks and frustration and impatience. You have to master your emotions and practice determination um, and uh, humility, like making mistakes and just being able to laugh at yourself and not and conquer your fear and be able to put yourself out of your comfort zone and talk to people and all that kind of thing. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, like uh, I think there are many benefits um, from uh, all these things. So now this leads to, it's fun. It's so fun just to like, you know, use memory and to um, practice developing memory and the freedom of your soul, your ability um, to express your, your consciousness and skillfully to dance and 
to dance, to dance gracefully in the fields of memory. You know what I'm saying? Um, don't quote me on that, please. Don't make me, don't make me look weird. Oh, it's too late. Oh, yeah, true. I guess so. All right, I'll just go deeper. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, also, shout out to any of Tracy's friends who are listening. Apparently, someone uh, may have uh, tried to spruik my podcast in Sligo. Hope you're well. If you're out there. I guess you're out there, whether you're listening or not. So may you be well, all of you. Um, so yeah, memory for, for fun, for play. So uh, I can just conjure up in my head anytime I want poetry from people, you know, that I, I like who've been very good at mastering words and communicating ideas and channeling emotion and striking musical chord, linguistic chords in the heart um, masterfully. These people... I can read them, I can devote it to memory, and then I can conjure it up like a magic spell anytime I want and alter my state, like casting a magic spell on yourself, um, you know, uh, which is, you know, it's basically magic. You're changing your reality by doing that. You're in a bleak, gray environment. You can start singing to yourself some Dylan song or some Beatles song or some, you know, Luke Kelly song or whatever, um, and totally transform your experience and yourself. Um, and so I think that's a great thing to do. And I highly encourage you to do like find some poetry that you like, and then just start to memorize it line by line and then um, start saying it every now and then just to make sure you don't lose it, solidify it. Um, and uh, it's a bit like a sand castle. You know, you do need to keep solidifying it and then later on it'll be solid, but then you do need to just keep solidifying it just at r rarer and rarer. But um, so, um, for example, here's a little bit of poetry, which I, <clears throat> I just re-memorized. So I went through it line by line. Actually, in line by line, I re uh, it was a, it's from a, it's Shakespeare, <coughs> Edward de Vere. <coughs> Sorry, I have something in my throat. Um, uh, and so it's um, the uh, part from uh, The Merchant of Venice talking about mercy. Um, which I memorized in like high school, uh, and um, but and it was very beautiful. But then I'd lost it. I kind of forgot bits. I had hadn't tended to the sandcastle walls, so I just did it again just before this podcast. Um, and so I just read the whole thing. Went oh yeah, and then kind of read it again, just kind of saying it aloud. And then okay, and then read the first four lines, closed my eyes, and said them. And then I checked. Oh, I messed that bit up. Oh, okay, close my eyes again. Say it again. I've got the first four perfect. All right, good. Next four, repeat the process. Okay, good. Now, once I've got that, go back and solidify. One to eight altogether. Eyes closed. Check if I messed anything up. Okay, do it again until it's perfect. Repeat the process with lines, you know, um, what's that, nine to 12. Um, and then repeat the thing. Bring it all together. Uh, and then the final two lines. It's, four, it's a sonnet, I guess, 14 lines. Um, so here we go. Let's see. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven. Upon the place beneath, it is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Tis mightiest in the mightiest it becomes. The throned monarch better than his crown. His scepter shows the force of temporal power.
the attribute to awe and majesty, wherein doth sit the dread and fear of kings. But mercy lies above this sceptred sway. It is enthroned in the hearts of kings. It is an attribute to God himself. And earthly power doth show likest gods when mercy seasons justice. And by being required to focus and to remember this, it drives me into a deeper communion with the words. So rather than just reading it, you know, you're getting, it's really impressing itself into you much deeper, I feel. So, um, right. Uh, what else is there? Uh, all right, yeah, here's something for, for fun, right? Uh, you could try this. Uh, you know, you could start small, but um, yeah. So um, with mathematics, right? So mental maths, it's incredibly fun. So underrated. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I think a lot of people got taught <clears throat> taught a lot of. I get some people won't be into these things. That's fine. Everyone's a bit different, and I'm glad we're not the same. It would be boring, you know. I'm glad life is full of diversity um, and variety, you know. And so we're not all the same. That's wonderful. For one thing, it also makes it more powerful when you find people who are on the same wavelength as you. And, um, you know, I can love and respect everyone, or at least try to. Uh, on a deep level, I always, I do. I know my soul never betrays, is always faithful, always loves and respects everyone. My soul as expressed through my human frame uh, is not as perfect. And so I will fall afoul of, you know, jealousy or like you know um whatever like uh anger or hatred or division or re resentment you know like we're all human right so if you look within i think you will find these things um and so it's about mastering them and um coming to peace with them and um, putting them becoming the king of them asserting your sovereignty your soul's sovereignty over your mind over your ego so your mind becomes con um observed the unobserved mind is the ego, as Eckhart Tolle would call it. So um, basically, when you're on autopilot, you're a, a bit dangerous to the world, um, especially if, any, if you have any power, worldly power at your disposal. So observing the mind, bring it under the sovereignty, and that's memory, right? We'll talk about this, spiritual memory, in a bit. But um, so, uh, but so back a few tangents. Memory... Um, you will, uh, it's like when people, it, yeah, it, it, there is a deeper, although we can love and respect everyone, um, those who are more similar to us, yeah, there is a more intimate bond and something special. And that's great. That's family. That's tribe, you know? Um, and that's a great thing, you know? And it doesn't have to be, these people who say the world is just like a bunch of warring tribes, like, um, yeah, I mean, Jesus. Like, you must be having a rough ride if you think that's the way things are. So, mm. intense. I wish those people more love, more consciousness. Um, and uh, to some extent, I am those people sometimes. And in another way, I am them literally because we're all life. But um, so there's no one is better than the other um, on the deepest level. Although on a certain level, yeah, it's important to say that what's healthy and what's not healthy. 
to call it out kindly but firmly and clearly. Um, so all those postmodern types saying, you know, like, oh, you white man, you're evil or whatever, like, because you're part of that group. It's like, that's unhealthy. That's a sickness for sure. Anyway, to get back to the point, um, so those who are more on your wavelength, there's a great resonance anyway. So it's great that everyone's not the same. So some people might not dig this, uh, you know, doing mental maths, but that that's cool. So, but maybe you could try it out. Here we go. All right. So, <clears throat> um, uh, let's let's go. Uh, give me a, give me two numbers to, you know, addition. You could do arithmetic and then calculus. So arithmetic would be like addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Um, calculus would be like all those x's and y's and all that, right? So uh, arithmetic you could do, uh, you know, okay, what's 165 minus 91? Okay, so, and this is going to use memory, right? Working memory, temporary memory. So uh, here we go. 165 minus 91. Okay, well, minus 100 is going to be easier. I, I know that much more easily than taking off some other thing. So this is how I would do it. This isn't the only way, right? But, um, okay, 165 take away 100 is 65. But actually, I was meant to take away 91, not 100. So what's the difference between them? 100 take away 91? 9. So I've gone too much, by, I've taken off 9 too much. So now I need to add 9 to get back to what it should be. So 165... Take away 91, okay, comes down to 65, add 9 is uh, 74, which I, I remember, right, uh, when you go up by 9, it's almost going up by 10, just one less than 10. So basically, just keep the last number the same, go up by 10, and then drop the last figure by 1. So 65, I go, uh, okay, plus 10, 75, minus 1, 74. So that's how my mind get is able to do that, that. Or we go 122 plus 317. 122 plus 317. Okay, hundreds first. Um, 122 plus 317. So 100 plus 300. 122 plus... I'll just... Okay. Say it without thinking too much. Otherwise, I might lose it. So limits of my memory. 122 and 317. So... Uh, 4, 22, plus 17, so 4, 32, plus 7, 4, 39, right? Um, or we go multiplication, all right? And this is where it gets really crazy. Uh, so um, let's go 409 times 12. Let's start easy-ish. 409 times 12. Okay, so... Uh, well, 409 times 10 is pretty easy. Just add a zero, right? And then to get to 12, I just need to add two times 409. So um, 409 times 12. 409 times 10 is 4090. 4090. So I'll just say 4090 um, plus two times 409. So two, two times... So I'm going to put in one pile in my head... 4090. Keep it in working memory over there. 4090. All right. Um, so, and then um, I need to add, uh, do 409 times 2. So, okay, 400 is an easier number. So let's do 2 times 400. That's 800. And then that still leaves 2 times 9. Okay, so 18. So 818. Put them together, 818. Or add that to my previous number I had over there hanging out, waiting for me. 
So what was that there? Eight, eight, oh, eight, uh, 818, okay, and 4090. 818, 4090. All right, let's um, put the, let's uh, go 4090, 818. So 4890 plus 18. 4890, so basically plus 10, make it nice and simple, plus 10. So 48. 90 um, plus 10, 4,900. And I was meant to add, add 18, but I added 10 already, so let's just add 8. So 4,908. Is that right? Should be, I think. Um, Etc. okay? I won't bore you, but like, uh, you know, like I used to do in high school, like uh, get people to give me two random numbers. And they'd be like, all right, th 356 times... 2,068, and then it might take me like 10 minutes, but I would do it, um, and they'd have a calculator to check, and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, it was so fun, but uh, not just to show off or something, although I'm sure that was part of it, but like, uh, it's just so fun to be able to use your memory like that, and to test yourself, and it's like sport, you know, and endurance, and sort of like a dance you're just going through certain motions and there's a certain purpose to it um but it's just interesting as well it's like a little game you know can a game me against the sleepiness of ignorance you know um so and so then i would just do you know more elaborate version of what i just did where you have more piles and where maybe it's like uh if it's 372 times 415 then I'd go, okay, 372 times 415. Should I go 372? Should I bring that up to 400 and time multiply it and then cut it down by the, the, the difference? Or should I go the other way? Well, actually, 412 is closer to a whole number, so that'll be a bit simpler. So I'll go that way. Okay, 400 times the other number and then add 12 times the other number. And um, I keep going, whichever was closer to the whole number, I would do that sum and then just remember to sort out the the difference to um to make it bring it up to the actual accurate um figure multiplication and then i'm slowly zeroing in on like a chisel michelangelo chiseling away at something slowly getting towards the true shape of things um and so you might need to go back and forth a little bit and have like five piles of like numbers number here number there number there as your um figuring out what the correct thing to add is. So you're like, okay, I've got that figure and then I need to add this, but not quite that yet. I need to, so you might go, okay, sort it out. And then, okay, now I'll add that to the big number and then I'll get to back to work on whatever the crumbs are still left, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty fun. I'd recommend starting out, you know, use a calculator. This is a little game you can do, you know? Um, and uh, start with small numbers, but it's, I swear, it's, it's really fun. Um, so calculus then, I mean, you know, you can uh, choose um, two values. Uh, I guess you, you can just go like, you know, for example, um, the practical use of calculus would be like, say it's like, okay, um, I want to know, um, let's see, what would it be? Like uh, the price, I want to compare what's, what's cheaper. Here I can get a kilogram of flour for, 
let's say, I don't know what, I'll just say some number, right? A kilogram of flour um, for three euros, or I can get, um, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, 600 grams. Now that wouldn't be the best example because it's not that expensive, but let's say I, I can get uh, a liter of oil for 10 euros, or I can get um, 750 mils of oil um, for, uh, let's say, eight euros. And I'm like, okay. So you could see there, because it's eight and it's not 7.5, actually it's overpriced. The smaller one's overpriced, right? I'm saving money by getting the bigger one. You could just see that. But often it's not so simple. Like the, um, And so I would go, okay, I want to find out what the price of this thing is per unit. Like, oh, I can buy 12 of these for this price, or I can buy, you know, um, five of them for this price. And the numbers aren't simple. So then you could go like X, make X is the the price per, say the price per um, liter of the oil. So this is 750 mils. So I don't know, how does it compare? Like, uh, what's a liter of that? I know a liter of the oil is 10 euros. How much is... Uh, a liter of the per liter, like the smaller oil, if I was to buy a bunch of them and she so go, okay, it's 7.5. Um, so let's say X would be per liter. So basically 0.75 X equals uh, eight. So therefore X equals eight divided by 0.75. But then that's a bit confusing. So maybe I would go, okay, 0.75, like three quarters. So 3x divided by 4 equals 10. So uh, therefore bring times both sides by 4 or bring the 4 to the other side, you could say, as a shorthand. Um, so 3x equals 4 times 10. 3x equals 40. So x equals 40 divided by 3. Uh, so x equals... Um, so 30 divided by 3 is 10, and that leaves one more 10 left over to divide by 3. So 3.3 recurring. So x equals 13.3, 13.33. So I, although it would be obvious from looking, you wouldn't need to do it. Just for example, to show you the idea, right? You go, okay, the smaller oil, it looks cheap. Oh, it's only 8 euro. Let's get this one. It's cheaper. No, but it's 750 mils. Oh, yeah, but it's 2 euro cheaper. But wait, calculate it. Oh, per 100 mils, um, per litre, the big one is 10 euros. Per litre, the small one is 13.3 euros. We're definitely going to use all this oil, so why would we get the small one? Let's just get the big one. We pay more now, but overall we're saving money. Over a year, we could be saving like 100 euro or something. And this isn't the only thing we're doing this with. We're doing this with all the other food we're getting and all the other things we buy. So buying in bulk is usually cheaper. So, And you could just for fun if you're some sort of like you know um, crazy person, give yourself algebra uh, just for fun like go um, you know 35x uh, plus 12 equals uh, 18 so go okay 35x plus 12 equals 18 so 35x equals 6 so 35 so x equals 6 divided by 35 okay what's that that would be one, what's 35 is 5 times 7. So 6, to, no, that's not going to work very well, is it? So, okay. So 
it would be like some decimal point thing. Um, but you can do that, you know. And uh, these little games, you know, for your memory. I don't I mean I'm not going around doing that, but occasionally the mental math thing I am just for kicks, you know. Anyway, that'd be about enough for um, memory as play. Uh, so uh, four twenty. So we're right on time. Let's see. Um, yeah. So poetry, music, these things, and of course, if you're learning martial arts or something like um, jujitsu or something, you know, memory is very important for that. And so self-defense in general, a good thing to know how to do, good for your mind, good for social activity, good for fitness, um, good for, yeah, being able to avoid gnarly situations if um, by having the confidence to show them, hey, mm, here's the line, don't do it, don't bring it into it. Um, and, uh, or be able, if, if you know, you know, you are in a bad situation, you can't avoid it, then to be able to, like, navigate it, like, by protecting yourself and those you care about from injustice. Um, so that requires memory, of course, right? All kinds of learning. But, like, being able to remember the, the sequences and put uh, apply them in real time. And you kind of, again, like music, you make them automatic so that then you can um, just spontaneously do it. And so music, like, you would learn, I guess a quick example I would give is with the guitar, which, how could I forget guitar with um, memory for play, play for memory? Um, so here would be a scale. This is the C scale, like Do, Re, Mi, whatever. So that's two octaves, but. I could do thirds if I can remember. This is like. Uh, I should be able to do this, but maybe I can't because where you go one, three, four, like two steps forward, one step back, basically. So one, three, two, four, et cetera. Um, but then maybe my memory will get overwhelmed or maybe it'll go perfectly smoothly. Let's see. find uh, laughter is the correct response to failure in general well when we're playing games and uh nothing's at stake um but uh rather than frustration whether that's with learning a language or anything in general like just laugh just let it go ha you know i think you'll get more of what you want anyway because you'll you'll maintain your high vibrational state feeling good and you'll have more motivation to you know do things you won't be afraid of if you're afraid of making mistakes, oh, I'm not good at guitar, then you're not going to practice. You're going to stay bad. It's just crazy. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy. No, take control of that um, black magic and weave your own magic and go like, yeah, um, I'm going to have fun. I want to be as good as I can be right now and no better, no worse. All right. So moving on from play, uh, play for memory, memory for play. Um, historical memory. So... We talked a bit about how in your own life, knowing what happened and what w you need to do in the future or you want to do, um, how you have been, how you want to be or whatever is important. And then 
cognitively how memory is at the foundation of like knowledge and skill it's um you know if you're if you don't know what has gone on before if you don't remember the muscle movement like um then you know what can you do and then also for play how it's just enjoyable in many ways and you can bring more beauty into your life through poetry and you know um, music etc um now we're going to talk about uh the kind of analog of that but for history before i do that i did maybe want to emphasize with the music um it's a, a process of very briefly i'll just i should say just the, the nuts and bolts of learning that you do it consciously and you have to focus and it's some work right but it's not like that forever right you do this for six months and it's work 15 minutes a day but then as soon as you can start playing songs you want to hear, it's not work anymore. It just becomes play. It's just fun. You go, hey, I want to I listen to some music. Wait a minute. I can play music. I can play the song I want to hear. And you play it and it's much more satisfying than listening because you're actively involved. And so sometimes you want to hear the original, but a lot of the time, maybe most of the time, you'll be like, yeah. Like a lot of the time I'd rather play a Dylan song than hear one. Actually, no, I don't know. I like both. But... um which do I like more? Oh, that's a really crazy question. I don't know. Um, I, I love, you know, both. But anyway, um, so I don't, I don't go, oh, I need to practice guitar to get better. I just want to do it all the time because it's fun and I can enjoy myself with a bunch of it. Then I can press the boundaries and kind of expand a bit. But if it ever gets a bit like, say, I'm trying to remember air on the G string, you know, Bach, um, and I can't remember all of it, you know, um, I had it all and then it, I didn't reinforce the sandcastle walls and I f forgot it. This happened a few times over now. Um, so I need to go and re reinforce it. But I've got like quite a lot of it there. And I think if I'm in a very relaxed state, the memory flows more. And so I can do the whole thing. If I was very relaxed, I'm sure I could do the whole thing um, right now. But as it is, I'd probably be thinking about it and the exact balance of vigilance, like focus and relaxation in order to avoid frustration or fear getting in the way. I'm, you know, I probably, I don't think I could do it right now, but maybe I could. But um, anyway, with learning, just it's an investment. And then after that, it'll pay off. You know, your practice, you just want to play. And so then and you can w play something which you can do really well. And then you start to play a bit of something which is a bit more work. And then mm, maybe you get a bit tired of that. You go back to playing something which is, you can do and which is just fun. You have that balance of work and play, you know. And um, you just want to do it every day. And it won't be a chore. It'll just be fun, you know. And then you get better and better and better. Um, specifically learning individual things also the first time you're learning it you need you do it slowly and do it right figure it out, out how to do it um, and then you at chunk by chunk like I was doing with poetry right and then um, once you've got that bit automatic those four that bar or those four bars okay great then basically you practice it practice it focusing on it and then you can start to speed it up a bit you know and then you until you make a mistake and then go okay play it again, maybe a bit slower until you can do it perfect. Okay. And then speed it up again until you can speed it up without making the mistake, you know? So when you start making mistakes, okay, slow down again, double check it, get the muscle memory working and then speed it up again. And then, and you learn more and more bits of it and you string them together. And then you, you know, that's how you learn basically. And then you have to revisit every now and then, or just keep playing them, playing and singing the songs to remember them, you know, how to do it. Um, okay. So moving forward, uh, historical memory, you know, the uh, someone said well, perhaps the main lesson of history 
is that we don't learn the lessons of history because uh, we do the same stupid things over and over again. Um, not the same things, but what's the thing? History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Um, and so I think definitely um, there's something to be said for, you know, Nazi Germany. How could they have done that? They all just went along with it. Surely they must have felt intuitively something dark and sinister was afoot. You know, even if the saying was all for good things, the energy was all wrong. And, you know, surely they, they must have known, and a minority must have known specifically a lot of details of what was going on. How do they just let it happen? The Germans were like the most educated people in Europe, very, very educated at the time, very advanced, wealthy, affluent, um, uh, educated society. Um, yeah, I wonder. Um, oh, hey, that kind of seems kind of familiar. In recent times, haven't you noticed similar things happening in our time? Um, I have. Um, I'm unvaccinated, right? And I wasn't allowed to go into like cafes and restaurants for like at least a year. Um, I was okay. I was like, yeah, all right. I, I can take things with humor. But, um, and by the way, when I say unvaccinated, I mean like I didn't get the COVID injection, which technically isn't a vaccine. It's a genetic therapy because it's... Um, well, it, you could be debate about that, but what we always call vaccines uh, would be, it doesn't really fit that definition, but it's like a some sort of medical intervention, right? It's an injection, you know, but not all injections are vaccines. But, um, uh, but it was mRNA technology, so a different type uh, where it's um, reprogramming your genes or part of your body to make, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I'd have to refresh my memory of exactly how it works, but that's not really the point. But, um, you know, um, the idea was like, take this and you'll protect yourself. So, you know, there's all these conflicting narratives, but uh, then it's like, okay, well, if you're all protected, why aren't, I, why aren't I allowed to come in? Like it was Halloween and me and my buddies were dressed up. Like one of us was like a cowboy. I think I was Draco Malfoy. Um, and uh, the other guy was, uh, the guy from Dallas. No, he was a cowboy. The other guy was, yeah, um, your man from uh, Glorious Bastards the you know bonjourno anyway that's not relevant but it is memory so maybe it is a bit relevant but um we, it was like you know pouring rain <laughs> and we were just outside in the miserable cold like under these umbrellas like squeezed in the dripping water on the edges of us and looking in through these windows at this beautiful candlelit interior of this beautiful old irish pub and because we weren't allowed inside because you know because we didn't get this medical inter intervention which you know is a, apparently we live in a free country and we're allowed to make such choices for ourselves. Um, and, uh, but, you know, and if everyone's, you know, protected, then what does it matter if we are sick, you know, surely let people, uh, if, if they're, you know, going to harm themselves, say that they have the right to do it. Aren't we allowed to eat lots of cheeseburgers? Aren't we allowed to smoke? Aren't we allowed to, you know, drink alcohol and do all these things, which is all totally fine. So that strikes me. And many other p things of this whole, you know, 2020 period. I think if you, um, for a lot of you, I'm sure would agree with me straight up. Um, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I totally um, have no problem with that. Like I encourage you to be true to what you feel, and you know, and just to be honest about it. However, I I think I really encourage you to examine and think about it from some, a few different perspectives, which is always a good idea. Try to imagine why someone like me might have my perspective. Try to think, 
try to, even if you think it's wrong, try to see how far you could go to prove it right. Try to connect some dots. And because um, I do that from the other point of view, I try to do that, you know. Uh, there's a certain point where I'm like, okay, I'm pretty confident now, so I'm not going to, I'm going to stop, you know, in until there's new information. And that's always a delicate balance of like how much do you um, invest in thinking, because you've got precious time, you know, it's limited in thinking from the other person's point of view. But you have to do it to some extent, uh, you know, in order to be sure that you're not going crazy. And um, so I really encourage you to, if you know, uh, hopefully I'm not just preaching to the choir here. Hopefully there are people listening who might not agree with me. Because then, you know, I feel that we could have more of a communion and more of this conversation could have more impact or more um, uh, value, really. But um, and let me know if you disagree in the comments. That, I mean, uh, that would be cool if you would. But... Um, so, you know, historical memory, bad things happen or good things happen. And yet often it seems we can't remember. Um, oh, wait a minute. We can't notice the patterns. Sometimes we can. But um, and I guess a lot of the times we can actually, you know, it's a mix. So we go, oh, you know, um, bringing free markets to this country really increased. It reduced poverty and child mortality and disease. You know, we thought, oh, when you get rid of capitalism, people say it's like, I don't know. I find that, I don't know, um, not to, you know, with all due respect, I, I think it's a bit of an immature perspective. Um, and I don't mean to be offensive by saying that, but I, I literally mean, I think that's a kind of like something, it's almost a bit lazy, unfortunately. It's hard to, you know, I don't like criticizing. Um, but again, you have to point things out in order to have a healthy conversation, a healthy world. And I think, um, yeah, like, so basically, free markets, you know, you can take, um, it's a complex, nuanced discussion. But in general, um, communism, central planning, causes terrible things to happen. Um, and they're not the same thing. But communism, which would be an extreme form of central planning. Then there's many forms of socialism, which would be in between. Uh, but, uh, but then when you have more like free markets, like, okay, people are allowed to do whatever they want to solve people's problems and make money off it. They can get an advantage by solving problems. No one's directing them. It's all decentralized. Um, and yeah, and um, we're not going to tax you very much or regulate you very much. We're just going to, um, because we want you to all keep doing this, keep solving those problems. So we're going to, we have the police, the army, etc. We're going to keep everything in order so people can't invade or people within the, the borders can't rob each other or lie to each other or assault each other or threaten each other like the mafia or whatever. Um, so we need some form of state, at least at this point in history, I think. Um, uh, although maybe if we're all enlightened, we, we could cut it down. Um, but, um, then, you know, basically that's it. People, that's great. It helps us. Um, that's, uh, we've learned that in some places and say China went, oh, that, this looks like this has been very effective. Let's take that. But then China, of course, used it, but kept their whole, you know, dictatorial ability to confiscate stuff. So it's fascism. Now, technically, because it's capitalism, but with government, um, an authoritarian, all-powerful government that doesn't is not subject to the rule of law. Um, so, right. However, they did learn the lesson of like, ah, oh, this capitalism thing, free markets, that really is very effective for increasing prosperity, reducing poverty. So, but then in the West, we seem to not have learned that lesson so much. We're forgetting. And I think we learn things and then forget them through history, just like in your own life. You might wax and wane with your awareness of things um, or just as the sun is waning here and it's getting darker 
um, things go in cycles. And so um, countries, you know, there's this thing uh, talking about um, men in particular and the role that men have to play in society. And I think, you know, God, God bless women, um, but God bless men too, you know, and, and we are both, we're two sides of the same coin and we must, we must acknowledge and revere the beauty of each in order to have revere the beauty of either, you know, um, honestly, you know, a, a true feminist must be a, a fan of healthy men, you know, and a true man must be a fan of, um, a true, uh, healthy woman, um, you know, the balanced version of the other, you know, um, and uh, to do our best to support each other and realize that more than man or woman, we are human, you know, and more than human, we are life, you know. Um, so uh, let's see if my memory can function to bring me back the tree, down the tree of the branches. We slide back to the point. Um, uh, so there's a bit of water. Is that... Um, talking about history and, uh, so, uh, things going in cycles. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. There we are. Um, wonderful. Um, men, um, the role of men in society, right? So, and, uh, so the, there's a little saying, which I think is, there's a certain truth to it, you know, just quite, and it's quite funny as well, although it's tragic. Um, so, uh, so, it, um, uh, hard times make strong men, strong men make, uh, uh, easy times, easy times make weak men, weak men make hard times. And, um, the role of men, at least partly, and there's something I want to talk about in the future, is the divine masculine, like love and kindness is definitely a part of it, but mostly it's a, I'd say a protective role. It's the nurturer is the, the mother, the father is the defender. And there are many who would like to poach the offspring of others. And in the, the animal world, you know, there's a lot of viciousness going on and we're not entirely separate from our animal nature. Right. And so men have a, a sacred function to perform in, holding the boundary and protecting the kingdom um, of what is rightfully my territory and what's rightfully yours and what's rightfully ours and what's rightfully theirs. And um, even if in the, the ultimate we're all one, including with all the snakes and everything, um, uh, there is a practical side, the practical side of you know the mundane side of the, of the spiritual coin is that you know these things must be, should be and must be um, uh, kept in mind in memory as we're living, and so with historical memory, knowing what has happened before, and what was good and what was bad for us, and what we think was probably good and what was probably bad, we can try to resurrect that in our own lives and through conversations like this um, with others, or you know, and go have conversations with other people in your circle, talk about this stuff. You know, that's what I'm doing. Like. Uh, with others and then you know i listen to podcasts and go oh that's a good point and i mention it to someone we talk about it spreading the information spreading the awareness 
and through institutions, groups where it kind of rarefies and brings like a laser beam, you know, um, makes it stronger. Like a, a, an orchestra or a band can make greater music than an individual in general. Um, collective consciousness sort of thing. Um, so uh, we need to remember um, these things. And um, men say, for example, I think, unfortunately, um, there's some men who are, you know, still far too too masculine. They're, they haven't, they need to embrace their feminine more. They need to um, be more respectful, more honest, um, and more open to love and tenderness and beauty and being able to, you know, laugh and, you know, relax a bit, you know, and not need to be trying to be a tough guy all the time. But then there's also a lot of men um, who are going too feminine, I think. And look, do what you want to do in your life. That's what I think, you know, follow your bliss. However, I think you will find upon examination um, that we do in society need a certain baseline of um, masculine men in order to protect us from the animalistic predation of various sources. And so that would be one example where I think the COVID thing, not enough people ha to, so far have stood up and said, enough, this is not fair, this is not logical, what is going on exactly? Um, and so, you know, um, and I think maybe it was, I say not enough, but maybe it was exactly the right amount, you know, maybe it was perfect um, because it's brought us to a, an awareness of um, just like suffering, the episode I released recently, um, why suffering is your friend. It's like when we make mistakes, when we're out of balance, it causes problems which have a, a custom bespoke blend of bad of discomfort and malaise which will afflict us more and more severely until we notice it and then until we get sick and tired of it and we decide to trace it to its source and to solve it and so in a way it's a teacher suffering is a teacher and if we didn't have it we wouldn't be able to find we'd have no way it's like pain knowing oh um i shouldn't walk on my foot it's hurt it needs to heal if I didn't have the pain signal, I would just keep walking on it and then I just keep hurting it. So if it was like part of your body's hurt, avoid using it. Okay, but I, I, where is it? I can't feel it. So you need pain to help teach you, help you adapt and let it heal and, you know, etc. So you get the metaphor, right? And so I think you know, the COVID thing, my kind of view is that, yeah, in a way, not enough people have stood up. Um, but uh, in another uh in another way, um, and it's not over, you know, like there's more and more madness coming, be sure, you know, that's just the nature of history. Um, again, be study history and you'll start to notice patterns uh, through your memory and then going forward, we can understand the likely patterns and how to navigate them. Um, so, but I say not enough in a way, but then in a deeper sense, I think it's been exactly what we needed to learn. Um, but say, you know, I for one, um, I, to a large extent, I didn't go along with a lot of the, what I consider, you know, collective psychosis or, you know, um, ideological possession or, or kind of religious fanaticism around the, oh, there's these people in coats who tell us um, what to do and they, they know what they're doing, so we need to do it. And it's like, aren't they constantly peddling up fear and 
aren't they like in the pocket of huge corporations and didn't we all know until like five minutes ago that this is a like you know crazy but it's like there's there's this thing and we can you know you can look COVID, <laughs> episode 19 COVID, COVID and consciousness look into that see my thoughts on exactly what's what happened and you know and again like all i care about is the truth right so i don't know exactly what happened and how much of it was accidental and how much was intentional but i would have to say honestly it seems like um you know spoiler alert um it does seem like there was some sort of intentional element to some degree in this whole thing of that people using this crisis for sure for political gain and it's not at your benefit right um so your welfare doesn't and my welfare doesn't factor into certain people's idea of what's useful and good and constitutes progress and that's fine that's just the way that things are evolving through life history and um all will be well but you know it might be painful in the process but um so but yeah but so i could say for me say learning the lessons of history memory is like i i didn't go along with a lot of this stuff but i did go along with quite a bit as well and so and i didn't speak out enough and now i learned that and so i'm just my plan is just to be honest you know and i think i would encourage you to do the same stand by what you think is right and just realize if you cave in now if you don't hold the line now you'll be weaker in the future when the line is further into your territory and so there's no time like the present and the bully should be confronted immediately and then that way the bully knows the bully he's dealing with someone um who is not an easy target and the bully if there's enough hard targets the bully needs to settle down and maybe accept you know a smaller kingdom for himself you know and um i think that's what we need and these people are souls everyone who i think you know and this happens throughout history you look at history if you study history um tyranny rises always um it's a it's a ref, outer reflection of the inner tyrant within each of us, within me, within you, um, and so even myself, Jamie, you are going to do this, you know. Instead of being like, "Hey, Jamie, don't you want to do this?" You know, kind of instead of kind of talking to myself, ordering myself around, and there's a balance of that, you know. But when you're ordering yourself too much, it can be, you know, there's an instinct to that, um, and when it comes to ordering other people around to make you feel better generally that's even um, more attractive to us so so yeah um i think my basic plan is uh no <laughs> i mean i'm not doing anything that i think is not right i am going to obey the law which law not adolf hitler's laws not mussolini's laws not xi jinping's laws not mr fauci's laws or mr gates laws um, not Mr. Klaus Schwab's laws, um, not any individual's laws, um, not even Martin Luther King Jr.'s laws or Gandhi's laws. I'm going to obey the laws of nature now, which are basically the laws of love, of harmony between beings. Live and let live. Do whatever you want so long as it's not preventing others from doing whatever they want. Now, of course, if I want to play loud music at three in the morning and you want to sleep, our there's a, the Venn diagram of our spheres of influence are now overlapping. And that overlap area, that is conflict. 
and that is where the realm of the political comes into play and we need to resolve find a way to resolve them traditionally that is done through the courts and principles accrue over time uh, in this situation it was decided that this was the best idea and in that situation that was decided and over time these get generalized just like individual stories come to be distilled into myths and where the common element the lowest common denominator of a thousand stories becomes the essence of some really powerful simple story um in the same way laws develop and we can kind of come to understand okay and um you know like uh there's again there's the theoretical and there's the practical so you know i have no desire to break laws you know but um but if a law if there is a, a human law in general i think a lot of the laws are good yeah great we need them and we need order for sure i'm a big fan of order law and order um but if the law is illegitimate meaning that you know it's oh jews aren't allowed to go into businesses here unvaccinated people aren't allowed to go in businesses um you know it, i feel it would be wrong of me to encourage a, an unhealthy law and so think about that how far are you willing to be pushed into the realm of the unconscionable if you were in nazi germany what would you have done and when would you have done it would you have waited until 1939 or 1942 or would you would have been it better to start it in 1933 when more people maybe the, had more momentum among the same people and people weren't whipped up into a frenzy of fear and so i think this is something we all kind of need to if we if we want to have easy times all of us not just the men but all of us need to grow you know a bit of a backbone a bit of spine and um calmly and kindly say no i'm not doing what's wrong i'm going to do what's right you know and so this is memory now this is a little bit off topic but you know i think it's important so um and the lighting is just getting very spooky so i thought perfect let's get that spooky little dialogue um but you know i think i really hope common sense can prevail and the culture and the laws of our ancestors the, the traditional laws of individual freedom in the west the, these these traditions that these will prevail and that you know people who want to kind of bring in in some these systems of control and central banking controlled digital currencies where they can freeze your assets at any moment like they did to the truckers in Canada who are exercising their democratic right to a protest and saying these vaccine laws are um con uh, they violate the constitution the as has been said by the the last living signatory to the amendment to the constitution um the canadian uh, charter of rights and freedoms i think it's called peck is that his name no what's his name oh great guy this kind of new newfie guy newfoundland guy kind of got an irish twang to him ah oh, damn i can't remember his name um but uh brian something is it not sure um but uh brian peckford no i don't know okay anyway um he says this is totally against what we were doing i'm the only person who was there who's still alive and it's common sense but i can tell you what it meant was they can't just do this 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 is violating the constitution i'm taking the government to court so but nonetheless the people who were exercising their freedoms legitimately according to this person and according to common sense um had their assets frozen so there's people who are trying to bring this sort of ability we're like okay we'll get rid of cash and we'll have you know assets you know digitally you know um this is just one example right
But you can see like, okay, even if you're doing that for benevolent reasons, you think it's more efficient. Are you not worried that the next 10 years down the line, someone's going to abuse it? So there's a lot of things going on. But I think the main point I want to make here before we move on to the, um, the next point about memory is that, uh, you know, we need to remember what has happened and what is likely to happen. Um, and if enough people remember, you know, we're going to have a great time. Um, if not enough people remember, we're going to have a slightly less great time. Um, either way, I think it's a great story. I'm a big fan. God's pff, incredibly talented. Um, so moving on um, to political memory. By that, I kind of mean a bit of what I'm talking about here. Historical memory could be things just relating to how do we navigate to navigate problems in general and to remember these patterns, whether it be cultural decline or, you know, um, dealing with um, environmental crises or don't cut down all the trees, you know, <laughs> like there's a balance, you know, um, and being able to extrapolate, okay, that happened then, what's going to happen next? But then a similar thing, but I'd say a bit different, it would be like political memory, which could be in your interactions with your government or with your friends or with your colleagues or um, any other organizations or groups in society, politics in that broader sense of managing conflict between individuals and the, the rightful um, exercise of your personal power and their personal power, managing disagreement, you know, politely. So not just in the official organs of state, that more strict version, uh, definition of po politics, but the politics including family politics and everything, right? Um, so I would say uh, it's very important to have memory, like to know what was said, wh what wasn't said, what happened, what didn't happen. Think about, you know, disagreements you've had with people. Well, but you said that. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You said that. No, no, no. I said this. Did you? Oh, I don't quite remember. You know, if you can't remember, then maybe you're like, oh, is this person untrustworthy or am I just, you know, drinking too much Guinness and I can't remember, you know? Um, so I think it's very important to cultivate memory just to be able to understand, like, what's the right thing to do? Um, who said what? And, you know, or like the government, especially with bigger institutions, business, like, do I need to change my job? Is my, is my business, is my, um, employer messing with me or not respecting me properly, you know, or um, if you start to notice patterns, oh, the the boss is always say, kind of criticizing that employee more than the others. Criticize me like once a month about things, but it's usually like pretty reasonable. But then there's a bunch of unreasonable ones directed at that person and that person's looking kind of down and like unstable. This seems like something I should intervene on. This is not okay. You know, memory. Um, being able to know what's right and what's not um, based upon the past. Um, but especially, say, with bigger things like the government because they have complete ultimate power over us. Well, not ultimate power, but we have ultimate power because of the freedom of our souls to be as we are and to be awake um, but and to cleave to conscience and stand for and live our conscience. But, um, you know, they have a bunch of power. And so, say... Again, uh, not to beat a, uh, a singing horse, because I love singing, but uh, say the COVID stuff, like you notice the things they said changed. Two weeks to flatten the curve, one month to flatten the curve, and then they stopped talking about flattening the curve after a while. And, you know, 
two years to take your rights, you know? Um, and, or like, oh, the, the you know, this um, uh, thing, we think it might be very, very deadly. Okay, right, fair enough, shut things down. And then, oh, okay, it seems like it's very deadly. And then more information coming in, wait a minute. And then you find out that it's uh, the death rate of COVID was like, in the official government record in Hansard recorded in the UK was 0.0096%. So less than one, less than 0.1%. Uh, Is that right? Uh, yeah, something like that. So tiny, right? It, it's about, again, people die and that's, you know, I don't like people dying and, you know, it's part of life, but like, you know, of course, like I can feel, I wouldn't want anyone to be, um, torn away from their loved ones, right? But but the flu kills a similar number of people every year. And so, but that was never like, oh, oh, by the way, we got, you know, we thought, sorry about that, we got that wrong. That was known pretty early and they never mentioned it until it was way later and they'd gotten what they wanted. Um, or things like, oh, the vaccines will be completely effective or, but then it turns out, no, you know? Um, and then, oh, we never said they would be completely effective, but you did. Let me turn on a light. Slightly better. So, you know, again, that's just an issue that comes to mind because politically at the moment it's relevant. But, um, you know, uh, being able to know what was said and what wasn't said is very important uh, for being able to know what forces to encourage. Which politicians do I want to elect? And, yeah, that person's helping us out. They're actually serving goodness and harmony. Or who is serving some sort of other interest which is not healthy and perhaps, you know, we don't need to try to like, you know, go and get angry and, you know, create an us against them mentality. But just to say like, uh, hey, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> like, come on, we're all in the same team here. Some, are you okay? What's going on? You know, like rein it in. If we can address these things through knowing, recognizing patterns and not just tuning out and, you know, oh, I'm too stressed. I'm just going to go on TikTok and collapse in a stupor. Uh, in you know, and wake up and you know, take a bunch of sugar and caffeine and do it again. Um, then, you know, if we can have memory, then uh, there's lots of benefits in that we avoid a whole bunch of problems from um, imbalances, and we get put it more positively. We just get to enjoy a happier life in our family politics, you know, um, workplace politics community politics, national politics, everything, you know? So finally, on a much, much lighter note, spiritual memory. Um, to remember we are who we are. We are all already. This is how I see it, right? You can, you know, you'll have your own views, but um, if you got it to this point, then I assume you're interested in my views on this. So we are all um, already... Uh, who we are we are already the universe we are already enlightened but just um, in the sense of not we are and we aren't you know we're not all integrated with the awareness that we are not the mind or the body or the emotions or, in, or the sensations that we are the invisible seer of these things um, and that actually it's very mysterious but seemingly we are everywhere and nowhere we are everything and nothing. We are everyone and no one. Um, 
We are infinity and nothingness. We are life. We are form and formless. And here I am. I'm enjoying my life as Jamie. I love my uniqueness. And yet it seems like the depth of my uniqueness is a oneness with all beings that is you share, you know? And so this, um, when you encounter this state, whether it be through taking, you know, some psychedelic drug or whether it be through um, diligent meditation or a combination thereof or whatever it is, um, there are many other practices you could use which apparently can bring you into a similar state. Um, then, well, like reading, you know, and kind of just rarefying your mind and your understanding until you can just see it around you. Um, or just exiting thought, just stepping out of the stream of thought, you know, taking off your damp, dripping clothes and uh, embracing the forest naked and alive um, and then maybe putting on some sweet heavenly garbs of, uh, I don't know, whatever the metaphor, wherever you want to take that metaphor, go for it. It's yours now. I give it to you. Merry Christmas. Um, but that it, it does seem like a remembering. It's not, it's not that you're becoming someone new. It's that you're just remembering this whole time I have been who I am and I always will be. And if I forget again, I will still be who I am, even while I've forgotten. And once you re can really understand that, then I think the memory process starts to kick in faster. You start to remember sooner. And um, uh, I guess sooner and more deeply, you can kind of integrate with that awareness of who you really are. And so, and then that filters into everything else. I think remembering in any moment, you're walking along and you're like, here I am, I'm a human, but there's that mysterious sacred element in the background and i don't need to t pay attention to it constantly but like mm, life is much more than just this and um or whatever's happening in politics or history you know or whatever um things i'm doing you know games i'm playing or skills and knowledge i'm acquiring or exercising or using for the benefit of mankind um or my closer, more intimate circle therein. Um, uh, or, you know, my my dreams for the future and uh, my dreams of the past. But all this, everything is held within the arms of um, that sacred um, spiritual journey, home, um, home and away. <laughs> Uh, shout out to miscellaneous surfy Australian dramas. Um, but uh, that there is this um, project or this, um, this gift of memory and remembering uh, and that it, it's happening all in the fullness of time and sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And we don't need to worry too much about, you know, just, I uh, just take care of things as they come, try to plan ahead and try to make progress, but everything's, you know, got its own Dharma or its own nature and path and things are working themselves out as they will. And, you know, play freely 
and nobly with your free will um, and uh, make it what you will. Um, but that memory, in the deepest sense when I think about the word memory, it makes me think of my own home and my own self and the love that uh, transcends and yet inhabits everything. So may we remember well. <laughs>